welcome to season two of Outstanding Women Leaders, Witty and Wise Conversations. I'm your host, Katie Elise, leadership and relationship coach by day, median and writer by night. I'm on a mission to host 100 million witty and wise conversations that disrupt the way leaders think and the way the world communicates. No more welcome to my TED Talks and Dear Abby Advice Friends. It's time to start having powerful conversations and exchange of ideas without being attached to an outcome. These are the components of a witty and wise conversation that have the power to transform the way we live and lead in a profound way. Today we'll have four rules inspired by the Coactive Training Institute that can create powerful space for powerful connection and authenticity. Rule number one, nobody gets to be wrong. Rule number two, nobody gets to be right. Rule number three, everybody gets to be vulnerable. And rule number four, my favorite, everything is included. We do not edit every, if a, corn, a horn honks, if a sound happens, it's staying in here because this conversation is exactly what it needs to be in this moment in time. We've asked our guests to join us via video to allow us to create authentic connection. Eyes are the window to the soul. You will be seen here, you will be heard, there is space for you. Conversation is meant to be a dance, an add and flow, a back and forth exchange of energies, thoughts, and emotions. The wit we bring to this conversation releases an endorphin known as the painkiller. You actually feel better when you laugh. And the wisdom we bring to this conversation will be seen in those nuggets of knowledge that you take on your own path to greatness. When this conversation comes to a close, I will ask you, our, our listeners, and our guests three questions. If you've tuned in before, you know what they are. If you haven't, you don't want to miss them, so stay tuned for this one. Um, also, make sure you follow me at Owl Professional Coaching, Outstanding Women Leaders, OwlProfessionalCoaching.com, all the places that we can connect for our own video and wise conversations. But enough about me. Let's talk about our guest today. Welcome Lola Vanderstrand, a professional life coach and soulmate strategist and hypnotherapist. She believes in coaching for transformation and to facilitate lasting change. Working collaboration with her clients to remove barriers and limiting beliefs, she produces personalized audio for change using resources and tools, combined coaching with affirmations, NLP, hypnotherapy, and brainwave entertainment music. Her phrase and the way you can find her, first comes audio, then comes love. Absolutely love that. Uh, relative to production of spiritual audio, she has two decades of audio production experience from working in major market media, which includes CBS Corporation and the Oprah Winfrey Company. Having a cosmopolitan background, brought up in England, she coaches those who seek to be in a serious relationship, and she helps clients with mindset training to handle worry and anxiety during life's challenges. She has a whole host of certifications, and she's constantly learning, which is why I connected with her so welcome, Lola. Thank you so much. I've been rather looking forward to this. Me too. I was so energized from our um, first conversation. And as I was reading your bio for this, I was so intrigued by your cosmopolitan background. Can you tell us more? Cosmopolitan because uh, I've lived in several uh, continents. So that's the Europe and I've lived in America and also in Africa as well. And so when a child has grown up in so many different environments, you get to interact with so many types of people. And that makes me cosmopolitan. 
I love that. Um, I've never used that phrase for myself, but now I kind of want to add it, but I got to travel first. <laughs> I, oh, no, you can still be, it's your interaction with other people as well. Hmm, tell me more. Well, there's something about when you're dealing with someone that is in a different country. And for example, if you live in a different country or you come across someone who's foreign in your country and your interaction with them. Yeah, that resonates with me as I think about, uh, and in the US, we have the ability to travel without traveling. Um, I've lived in rural America. I've taught on the South side of Chicago. I've lived in cities. Uh, I've actually had opportunities to travel and do certifications virtually during COVID. And I've met people from so many different places. Yes. What, how is your interaction different than someone that is not as cosmopolitan as you say? I think everybody is special and it's coming to terms with that and that we all have our quirks because I know I certainly do. And it's going from a space of acceptance right away rather than judgment or what we perceive the person's going to be like and so in meeting people and sometimes it can be difficult not to form an opinion but there's something about just being present as you get to know them and it's really interesting because as an introvert I, I i tend to be quieter and let the other person speak more and in doing that you get to learn more about the other people i think that's a bit of a strength that comes with being an introvert is just taking that moment and being present and relating to the other person Yes, man, I'm like trying not to jump out of my chair because <laughs> you, you hit the nail on the head with the, with, um, the judgment. And um, that has been my experience, actually, particularly through COVID and traveling internationally virtually, is letting go of any, any judgments that pop up. It's also part of the work that we were doing in positive intelligence with, our, with coaching training and really just listening um, to the, and, and feeling and being with that per person, witnessing the person. Um, and when we people talk about travel and how they get the travel bug and it opens their eyes, I think that's part of it. Um, I'm so curious about, um, so you've lived in Africa, Europe, and here. Um, we're not gonna compare them, but I, I'd love to have you share what you've learned in the eyes of the people of those countries. I have to say in Africa, there's a lot more tradition than we are aware of. There is a politeness that there's a respect for adults, which is different than in other parts. There's a curtsying that happens when you're speaking to an adult, for example, or when you meet them for the very first time, there's a bit of a curtsy that happens when it's an older person. And this res very respectful way of interaction, which is different than what you might get in America, for example, or in Europe. There's something about being able to speak your mind freely and not have to say Mr. or, or Mrs. or as you refer to someone with their last name. It's easier just to say the first name as you interact with them. So there's subtle differences, but it doesn't make them bad. It's just a difference mm -hmm. that I noticed in interaction. Yeah. When I think about how we relate to one another here in the U.S., which is the only country I can claim. <laughs> um, and it's a, it's a large country. I mean, when you think about it, it's like the whole of, and I forget how I put it now, the whole of California can take up parts of England. 
I mean, that's how huge America is when you really think about it. So you can really be traveled, even though you've not traveled internationally, traveling within America is pretty remarkable. Not to mention the time differences that you come to contact with and different kinds of people, different dialects as well. Yeah, I think about my travels and how um, the way we relate, communicate in America just is different depending on where you go. And it's, it's very unique. It's, it is a mini Europe of itself in some ways, because if you want to see a culture that's different from your own, you actually can go to lots of different places in the United States and see different pockets. That's interesting. And I think in America, we, we tend to be less traveled outside of our own country. And when we do travel in our own country, we tend to go to places that we would go if we were already like something, maybe something new if I'm going to Yellowstone, but I still want to stay at a hotel that would remind me of where I stayed. And I still want to interact with people, you know, oh, yeah. the same type of way. I think my favorite part of traveling alone in the United States, we've done twice, is that you're just you get a chance to play. Like I'm not with anyone that has an expectation of what type of vacation we want. And you have an opportunity to just go with the locals. Um, I imagine when you, if you travel, that that's been your experience of going with the locals. And it is, and as I said, I'm a bit of an introvert. So the, the, my kind of tra uh, travel is more introspective. For example, based in America now, if I travel home, it's to be with family. And even though you know, people can go on tours and see Buckingham Palace, but it may not resonate with me as much as, as well as just meeting with family and the friends that I grew up. I think there's a difference there in finding the peace. One of my favorite things to do when I'm in England is to have a cup of tea in the morning and just look out over whatever street today. I mean, it could be my favorite part at the moment is Hyde Park, which is right across from the palace. Not that close, but you have to go across the park to get there. But there's this particular window that I love when I have my cup of tea or with scones and I, I just take that in and I'm by myself and it's quiet and it's just, that's all it is, having that moment for me. Mm. And it's actually the reason why part of what I do when I coach with clients is beginning to work with introvert women, because that's, that's who I am. That's a part of me. And there's, there's not saying that I'm antisocial, but I still enjoy people. But there's something about how an introvert kind of experiences the world. For example, if you want to go online, as I did when I started my journey to finding my soulmate, I would put up my picture. <laughs> and then take it down the next day. Just because I was just, I don't want people to see my picture for some reason. And that's part of being an introvert. But it's something that you get used to and you become more brave and it's okay to do that. But it, it's not being antisocial, it's just that process of opening up to the world. Mm, so I'm hearing that your travels really allowed you some space to open up within yourself um, I, I'm 50% every time I take the Myers-Briggs, I am 50% introvert and 50% extrovert. Um, oh, how one, lovely. one time I, I was like 52% extrovert and I think it's cause I was taking that quiz and I was craving like a recharge with my extrovert side versus my introvert side. Um, mm -hmm. I'm right down the middle, the dualities of life. And so I've had a solo trip where I went to the mountains 
Um, I went to Salt Lake and I saw the Mormons in the mountains. And that <gasps> when you were talking, that was what was coming up for me was it was such an introspective trip for me where I was taking in God's beauty and the universe mm. and looking at, I mean, you can't go to a mountain or, and not just be taken or breathtaking. Like it's just very beautiful. And, um, and I didn't want to talk to anybody and like make friends, which my last vacation I had done that. And I got to see, um, Cleveland through the eyes of a social worker. I made friends with her and she's like, I got to go check out on some clients. She worked with some homeless clients and she helped them get jobs. Um, so I got to see the city through the eyes of her, which was really cool. Also, somebody made sure that no one broke into my car that night because my entire belongings were packed in it. I was moving across the country. So well-timed friend. Um, but it's nice to have that, that introspective and introverts tend to spend a lot of time there. So let's talk about your coaching and how you can help, um, us shift. Cause I know that I, I feel like for me, it's a duality of, I need to socialize because my brain actually requires socialization, it's neuroscience. But then there's that other part of me that says, recharge, go home, don't talk to anyone. Replenish, so to speak. That's what I call it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So with so coaching, part of my coaching, tell us a little bit about how um, the work that you do in, in coaching for women. I have to say, I really enjoy the work that I do. I am a bit of a romantic. And so the idea of, of helping someone meet their soulmate really resonates with me because my journey was a bit of a peculiar one. It just took me a while for some reason. And there's a point when you have a conversation with yourself and the divine and you're crying. Or for me, I, I just cried and I had had it. I didn't understand what was taking so long and I didn't understand why I kept dating toads. Now, when I say toads, I, I don't mean, I should rephrase that they were lovely gentlemen, they were just not the right one for me. So I fondly refer to them as toads, but they were just not what I was looking for. But as time went on, I felt the need, perhaps I ought to settle, perhaps the kind of gentleman I was looking for wasn't available. But there comes that time when you take a moment and it's just you and the divine and you you spill what it is that it's is inside you and then you make it a non-negotiable I really would like I mean there's a catch I'm a catch there's something that I have to offer and there has to be a man up and I thought I wouldn't have this desire to have someone special in my life was I not meant to have it and so I went with that I had one more go at it and then started to really get to know myself and find out what my limiting beliefs are because there's always something back there that's stopping us from achieving what we want. And so in the journey, I took some trainings. I read a lot of books. I love the idea of love languages, love the idea of NLP and, and how we communicate. It's the language of the mind, how we communicate with ourselves and how we communicate with others. Love the idea of affirmation. So I've studied all this stuff and brainwave entrainment as well. And as I studied it, and because my background is in media, I came up with the idea to start listening to audio that would have affirmations in it, or that would have phrases about how to release what my limiting beliefs were once I discovered them. And so and I would listen to this all the time. And then just for fun, I would create audio with a visioning process, kind of what it was like when I did meet the right person and what the first kiss would be like, or when 
the moment he said, I love you, or the kind of music that would be playing in the background when he came over for dinner, or the kind of music I would walk down the aisle to when I got married. And so all of this just put me in a different place. And it helped my mind get past what was holding me back, the barriers. And I'm still not perfect, but there's something about being aware of holding you back. There's something about being aware of your background or how you grew up, of the interactions with others, really kind of getting to know yourself. And it's this journey that I'm on. But the idea of helping people get to meet that special someone at just, it's just, it's my life. I love that very much. And so that's what I do to answer your question. It's, it's getting to know my clients and finding out what it is that makes them function, what the love language is, why they haven't been able to meet that special person. And then in discovery of who they are, then creating this piece of audio that they listen to. And I call it the lazy way to change because you can keep going to therapy every time and then you can, and there's nothing wrong with that, but there's just a way that you can listen to audio, which has been proven to help you change. And that's what I do when I help my clients. Yeah. Like I think of osmosis as a kid, like if I could just sleep with this book and then I'll have all the science knowledge because I don't want to read it. This is Did how it works. Is <laughs> listening to it. Um, I, what was coming up for me as you were talking is you are what you listen to. And that's a oh, phrase yes. that I have. Love that. Thank you. Yeah. I have, it's a phrase I have, um, on my teen leadership program that I offer and it's applicable to everyone, no matter what age you are. And I'm a big fan of music and um, so if you ever had a, a class with me, there might've been a time where I would break out into song. Like when I taught in the South side and the kids would walk in, they're like, Bert, it's cold in here. And I immediately like channeled my inner cheerleader, Burr, it's cold in here. <laughs> there must be some children in the atmosphere because, and they all know the movie and I can't think of the name of it right now, but it's a cheer movie. <laughs> I'm sorry. I missed that. I would have loved to experience that. Um, and and it was, I was like trying to shift, like to make them laugh. They usually groaned, but let's get your brains like not focused on oh. the bad right now. And the reality is, you know, the heater was, it's an old building. The heat is blasting. I'm at the front of the room, you know, song and dance up here. You guys are sitting there passively. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're right. hot. You're cold. <laughs> yes. Um, but you are what you What's listen. a wonderful method that is. Yeah, you know, you are what you listen to. And uh, I think about what kids listen to. Um, and also what adults are listening to, whether it is, uh, I said earlier in my um, introduction, like no more welcome to my TED Talks, or Dear Abby advice. Mm -hmm. um, I think when I think about how we relate to one another, we, um, what we listen to is this is right, this is wrong. And um, and we're, what I see is a world that's having a harder time relating to one another because we're too busy listening to, is that my talking point? Is that what I agree with? No. Yes. Okay. I'm over here. Um, and when we think you, what you're talking about, these affirmations, these vibrations that you're putting out there, you know, our leaders are a reflection of our vibrations as a collective. 
that we're putting out there. Mm -hmm. And when we can't relate to one another, even if we absolutely believe that we're right. And as coaches, we believe we have some tools that can help you. Um, but as I said earlier on the podcast, nobody gets to be right and nobody gets to be wrong. Um, and so if what you're listening to is you telling yourself, oh, I'm getting older. Oh, I don't know if I'm going to find somebody. Oh, like if that's what you're telling yourself, if your life is a sort of a product of that. If you're telling Indeed. yourself, yeah. you know, these leaders are going to make our, our they're going to ruin our country. Oh, like, um, you know, you're, you're, you're telling yourself and you're creating that reality versus changing that narrative and owning that. And so what I'm hearing you talk about in your audio is finding out for your client, what is it that you want? And let's talk about it as if it is. And it will. Yes. Be. I, I, I love the way you've described it. Yes. That's exactly it. Yeah. And you, you won't get there by, by just lamenting about how bad it is and how bad it's going to be. Yeah. Or why you're not going to have what you want. And I think our actions often, we don't realize that our actions are aligning uh, with our thoughts. So if you're, right. right, like if you're concerned about, so if you're concerned about me and the right person, you may not realize, well, that's why you keep dating toads because you think that, you know, you got to get through them to find the that's right That's all they one. are out there. That's all that's available. So imagine my surprise. Yeah. Oh, that's why. That's what I was thinking. Oh, yeah. yeah. I'd love to have you share a little bit of your story because my, my favorite part of the work that you're doing when you do it on yourself um, is it happens like that. <laughs> At least it did for me where all of a sudden. It did for me too. Yes. yes. And the best part for me is that I'd been saying yes to the ones that were not right for me. But the moment I decided to and there's a way of doing it as well, just because when a gentleman approaches you and you're not keen on him or he doesn't have the qualities, rather than be so brash or how dare you, it's just, thank you very much. I, I think you are a lovely man. And the woman that you get to spend your life with is going to be very lucky indeed. But I'm afraid I've been distracted by somebody else. But there's a way of saying no thank you also that encourages you to be on your path and on your way to what it is you really desire. Mm -hmm. I think that's really important as well and how you carry yourself in a very feminine way. And that's, that's part of what I do. That's part of who I am. Mm, so what I hear is that you took all of that cosmopolitan background of not having judgments and really witnessing people and you took it into your dating life. That's part of it too, actually. It's just being accepting of the other person because no one's going to be perfect or have all the qualities. But the core of who you are and what's important to you is what you should focus on and what you're looking for. Because certainly, and I, I said earlier, repeating, no, no one is going to have all the qualities that you desire. But the love languages, I think that, that's, that's important. And knowing who you are as well, I think plays a role. Mm, for people that don't know about the love languages, I'm a fan. Um, tell us a little bit about the love language work that you do with clients. And I hope I remember all five of them. Usually I have notes to confer with, but this is just a conversation. So, so there are five. The first one is words of affirmation. The second one is the affection. So you like to hug and have a cuddle. The other one is acts of service. When someone does something nice for you or, or they 
you know, do the dishes or stuff like that. And then there's one when you love accepting gifts. And then the last one, I always have to look, what's the last one? Time spent, time spent time. together. Yeah. Yes, quality time, yes. So those are the five. So there's just something about knowing what really resonates with you in how, how you like to be loved. And I think that's so important. And if not, it doesn't mean that if you're with someone who doesn't share the same, the same personal kind of language that it's going to fail. But there's something about saying, I, I really like it when you hold my hand or let's just sit and cuddle on the couch. And that might be a little peculiar for someone who just likes to give you presents and you just <laughs> want to cuddle on the couch. But I think when you're beginning to fall for someone and fall in love, I think that's the time to kind of assess or have them take that love language test or assessment. So it's not really a test. There's no right or wrong way of having your language. But there's something about having that in your list of desires that you require from someone. And I've been very lucky that my, my husband is also one that enjoys the affection because we're all about the cuddling on the couch and like look, touching each other all the time and having her. So I just love that. And I, I can't imagine if I was with someone who just wanted to give me presents. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong with that, but it's yeah. just being able to communicate and say, by the way, I, I really enjoyed this and this is my language. Yeah. And oh. having that person and accommodates the other person too with their language. Yeah. I, so someone that's divorced, I did not, I remember the day we walked out of church together and they were talking about love languages and he was like, man, like I've been trying to love you through this and I, I was trying to love him through that. Like, and we laughed about it. Um, we didn't stay together because he didn't want to do anything about it. And um, what I've realized in, uh, my journey is that it, love is really easy when you find someone who likes to give love in the way that you like to receive it and you happen to be the person that likes to to give love like they like to receive it and uh and so it's just been really easy uh and it, we met right before a pandemic and i know a lot of people are struggling to work from home and live at home and always be at home with their partner and uh, I have a best friend who, uh, oh my I love, gosh, love, love, love language, love right? That. My bucket's always filled. Like, um, sometimes we're a little less productive because we're best friends, but uh, what best two best friends are. <laughs> um, I like that a lot. And it's something to remember as well, because we're tossed into this environment when you know, people are at home a lot more with each other. And it's just, it's that acceptance as well. And it's being in that place and being present and knowing that no one is perfect. Because, you, you know, as a person, it's, it's all about you, I think. It's as a person and how you relate to other people. So the person that you're with may do something, but that's all they're doing. It's your reaction to it. Mm -hmm. And there's, there's something that happens when you're in a particular situation and what you tell yourself about it. If, for example, my lovely husband, I love to make him a cup of tea. I mean, just that's just my joy. It's my favorite thing, I think, just doing that for him. I mean, I do other things and he does things for me, but there's something about a cup of tea that I make for exactly how he likes it. And then when he's done, and I hear him in the background, so he can probably hear this. When he does, he's done, he doesn't always put it away in the dishwasher or, you know, it's in the sink. And the thing is, that really isn't a big deal. 
there's how we handle particular situations. So the mug is not where it's supposed to be. But so I can tell myself several things about that. I can think several things and then that will bring out how I feel about it. Oh, he's doing that on purpose. Or so there's just many ways that we can get into this process of what's wrong rather than it just is. Mm. You know, it's like the I through the coaching experience that I those CTFARs, what I call it. So there's a circumstance that happens. And it then you start to think or what the thoughts are about that particular circumstance or situation. And then we have feelings about it. And it's just what the what's what's that about? But the feelings that we have result in the actions that we take. So maybe we get ticked off and we decide not to make the TM or whatever it is. And then the act that's the action. And then it's the result is how you interact with each other because it's strained at that point. But I think there's something very special about taking that moment to really kind of connect with who you're with and remembering what was special in the in the first place. I think that really matters. Mm, I love that. What's coming up for me when you tell that story is Dan right before he left for Chicago was like, I love picking up after you as he was putting dishes in the dishwasher. And for me, it was like, we both laughed and he's like, I mean, he's like, I mean, I love it, but I kind of hate it. And, but I love it. and I love that. what's, since we've been under chaos of moving, like I have not gotten back into my routine of there's a place for everything and everything has a place, um, which is Dan's motto, which was his I know what that's motto. like. And I'm a little bit more. It's my motto too. Yeah. So Dan's a stickler. You guys will get along great. Um, I'm a little bit more free and flexible. Uh, but that's what it is. We have. William you know, will get along great. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I also am like, you know, he's not wrong. I, so it's not, he's not right, but he's not wrong. Like it just, it, it just is. And it's now an awareness for me. And he's not here this week, but I have made a conscious effort. I was going to bed. I'm like, there's three cups in your desk. Like, just go take them downstairs. <laughs> not that he comes. Even though bed. there's no one to clean it up after you, you did it anyway. I well, know. what's funny is before we moved in together, I always was cleaning up after myself, and he was somewhat. Mm. He had a tinier apartment, so I guess he had less places and less cups to leave. <laughs> Um, I'd love to know a little bit more about the hypnotherapy. Uh, you're the second coach I've met that, that talks about hypnotherapy and I had, didn't have a chance to pick her brain. I have so many questions about how that helps or how you use that in your work. I would like to say hypnotherapy is a, a use of hypnosis really to get to the subconscious mind. And you get there also by going through meditation or maybe sometimes through prayer because it's just about being quiet in that mind so you can get through to, this, to the subconscious. So a part of that is getting into that relaxed state because that's the way that you get through to it. Because if your mind is all about the conversation and what you're going to have or what you're going to shop for, it's, it's a lot more difficult. And so, and I made notes so I don't forget, but it's where you're able to get past it and then you get to where your limiting beliefs are and those barriers or what happened in the past because it's, like your brain has gotten into this groove of just playing back. And then the more you think about whatever it is you're thinking about or limiting you, or oh, I can't do it because there are not enough men. In the world. And the more you think that, there's just grooves that form in your brain. 
And it's so easy because that's just a path that's already paved. So you just kind of go down the same path. And so there's something about neuroplasticity is forming a new groove. And the way to do that is, you know, to, to get into that quiet space and to do that through hypnosis. And that's what I love to do. Yeah, I have just started dab. So I started dabbling in meditation. I'm not dabbling. I've, I've jumped into the pool. I'm the last person that would have ever done it. Um, and some of the meditations out there on YouTube are, it's hypnotherapy based. And you, it's, it's when your mind is ready to, to be present to whatever you're listening to. I have to say, it, I, I felt a euphoria. I felt the joy. Mm. I walked around in my brain. So I was, that's what we were doing. We were walking around in our heads. And, and then because I know a little bit of neuroscience, like I decided where I wanted to land was I wanted to split open my, my left and right brain. And there's this road that runs along here. And it starts with a C. And I'm not going to say it right because I'm terrible at science terms. Just believe me when I tell you that this is true. And, and the, the stronger those pathways are, the stronger that road is, the quicker you can go from your left to right brain. And so mm. what I want to do is I want to be able to have the ability to, to go back and forth because both of those, those two systems, um, they can't fire at the same time. So you want to be able to jump back and forth. And then I want to be up here in my prefrontal cortex. So this hypnotherapy, we walk and hang out. Because I want to hang out down there in the amygdala. I want to <laughs> hang out where the smart things are happening and like see. Um, or in, so <laughs> I'm not going to name drop who it is. I love like, that. People to go listen. But um, I was like, this is, I've been hypnotized on stage in college when they would come and do the, and I think that's what people think of. That's what I think of when I think of hypnotherapy. And it's the power of suggestion, right? Which is why you are yes. what you listen to. And yeah. so the power of suggestion for me, like we talked about when you wake up, like you're going to feel this joy. And I don't know what happened to my phone, but you never counted down. <laughs> so I think I might still Oops. be in this place. Um, uh, Sunny was going to count down to t from 10 to 1. And I would, he didn't. So maybe I'm still experiencing that, but. Um, do you, for the lay person like me that thinks hypnotherapy is getting kids on stage in college to do fun um, <laughs> tricks, which honestly was just like my inner me wanting to be on stage. So that's why I did it probably. Um, what does hypnotherapy, like what does a client experience? What does that look like? Is there a little watch that's being dangled? <laughs> I've actually not tried that, but thank you for the suggestion. <laughs> Great. <laughs> There's what I like to do is go down 10 steps and just re get to relax on the way there and go down the first one. And I don't want to take you through it now and get you through it. But you go, you take the step down and you get to using the little NLP. What does it feel like as your foot goes down to step nine? And then feel what it's like when your foot goes down to step eight. And it's as if you're barefoot and you can hear your foot as it steps down to step seven and you go down and it's just a very relaxing way to do it, induction, so to speak. So you keep doing this and it becomes, I'm getting <laughs> relaxed myself. There's a relaxation that comes and it's in the use of the voice and it's the use of breathing as well. You're taking a very deep breath and you're getting more relaxed. And I think something that we forget is that we are really in control 
people that have anxiety sometimes forget to breathe. I think it's so important to breathe and take that deep breath in and then release it. And another thing that I use that I think works really well is what I call the lazy way to change. It's called brainwave entrainment. And it's audio that you can listen to so it can come in the form of beats or tones or with the music bed underneath. So that's also has been proven 150 years worth of research, I think, to really get you into that relaxed state. So which is like meditation and all you have to do is listen to it. <laughs> So that's the lazy way of, of getting into that relaxed state. And you can add a little of the affirmations or the NLP or the suggestions for, or the suggestions for change, what you like to change in your life. Maybe it's giving up smoking or releasing what holds you back from meeting that special person. Mm -hmm. I love it. A lot of what you talk about walking down the steps and like embodying what that feels like, that's a lot of the same work um, in the co-active training that they go over as well for people. We do visualizations is what we call it. Um, love visualization. Oh my gosh. Isn't that powerful? It's so powerful. And the embodiment, you know, I, I didn't want to interrupt when we were first talking, but you, um, you may, you called the guys toads. Um, and then your hand did a thing and you were just, you know, whatever, but you totally gave me the middle finger. And I'm like, I felt like subconsciously you were like, yeah, they were toads and my body's going to show you they were toads, but I'm going to say they weren't, you know, our no. bodies don't lie. <laughs> You'll have to go back and watch it. You literally, it's like just a real quick flick. I will never use that word again. <laughs> I love it. Um, I love that our bodies don't lie. I'm sure that there were some lovely toads and I'm sure that there was a couple that were pieces of shit because there are some people out there that <laughs> and I would not give the finger oh my gosh I can't <laughs> believe I did that <laughs> I was flipping my hair yeah it was just a simple thing and that's what registered yeah. for me as I was listening um and so the what a great coach you are I'm so glad you picked that up <laughs> I mean that says a lot about your sense of observation as an only child, I did a lot of listening because I wasn't invited to talk to the adults as a six-year-old, right? Mm. Children should be seen, not heard. Um, and then when I had something to say, I didn't stop talking. And then I took some coaching and learned how to do both. <laughs> the dualities, again, of life. Um, but I, I, the other coach I know that does the hypnosis, it's so powerful. And um, the visualizing and, and really embodying for people is a trauma coach and she has mm. 55 years of trauma that she's experienced and has seen the power of the hypnotherapy and I had nothing no idea what she was saying this was a couple months ago uh, as she was telling her story I just thought wow like if, if this has worked for her this is amazing I have a client I've worked with who also had um, severe anxiety and depression, limiting beliefs about what could be potentially causing it. Um, and the number mm -hmm. one limiting belief that is across the board is that um, believing that you can take back control, believing that you have the ability to make conscious decisions that will propel you forward. And that's what is so, I love the audio that you bring to the space for people and that's personalized. Um, I know you called it the, 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 the cheat way or the, you know, fast tracking it, the easy, the yes. easy way. Um, but when your mind, when, the reason I resisted meditation for so long is when someone said, you know, let's go meditate in this class. I'm like, I can't 
stop my brain for five seconds. You want me to give you a whole hour? Like, no. <laughs> and if I did do it's a it, long time. You know, my limiting belief was I'm wasting time by not solving problems in my head right now. So fine, mm. I'm going to go to your meditation and they're going to tell me not to think about thoughts, but I'm going to go ahead and do my own thing. Um, and that was my limiting belief. And my, the way I got to, to meditation was through 10 second reps, but, um, it is a, an easy way to get there is to have someone bring you to a relaxed place because you've never been there before, right? If you, yes. if your mind yes. has never been quiet, if you've never taken a proverbial walk through your head and chosen where you wanted to sit and chose to like to, to absorb what you were being told in that moment it's powerful and life-changing for people so I, I love that you're bringing that to the space we need more coaches too. like that um and oh, thank you there's just something about getting it though because you don't a person doesn't always i didn't always get it or really understand how that worked and so it was through the audio that i was able to get it and understand how powerful that could be. Yes, same. Mine was an audio app. It was through a coach's um, training, you know, grant program through Positive Intelligence that led me to Nandar Matari, who just did an episode. We're going to be co-hosting a workshop on meditation together. Um, I'm going to tune in for that. And I would love to have you. We should talk about co-hosting on something um, to with the, the hypnotherapy and um, visualizing because I think it's powerful for people to experience um, and I'll tell you what none of my girlfriends will ever hire me to coach them but they all want to find that man so I'll just push you know I say that to every coach I have on there like one of you is gonna resonate and that's really what it is um, for people listening and thinking about getting a coach or like what everyone's specializing now um, and what I love is you can coach somebody on anything what you're doing. You've just chosen to want yeah. to share your gifts because you're romantic. I am such a romantic. I really, I just feel that. And with my clients, I mean, I get right there with them. And when I take them through a visioning process of how they meet for the first time or how they get to the point when the proposal is, I'm right there with them once I go through the story of your mind and your own business. You don't know what's going on, but you've been seeing this lovely gentleman and he's started to speak with you about marriage. And so you go on dating him and, and all of a sudden it's your dinner and you, you notice you, you're the only one upstairs in this restaurant and you're not expecting anything, but, but yet something special seems like it's about to happen. And all of a sudden, this gentleman is telling you how he loves you and he wants to spend his life with you. I mean, imagine, I just, I am so there, I'm so there with them. I'm there right the now. the moment that he holds, <laughs> holds your hand and the way he looks at you with such love, and this is the person that you've been waiting for. And the moment that he's saying these words and the box comes out and he opens it and there's this sparkly thing and it's just, you're speechless because you didn't realize this was going to happen, but there's something about being in that moment of experiencing and knowing that it's possible for you. I just, I love being there with my clients, like there. And then when I'm not, when I'm not coaching them, I'm thinking about them and I'm sending light or you know, a yeah. quick thought to the divine, please guide them on this journey. I just, I'm so passionate about it. It's so rewarding as well. I was just at a wedding of one of my, um, my first clients. Mm. And the, the idea that it was in Las Vegas, 
no Elvis and with masks and everything, except for when they walked down the aisle. And, but there was something about it. he waited for her to walk down the aisle and the doors were shut and he was all about ready for her. I mean, you could tell, I mean, it was on his face and he was about to burst into tears at any moment. There are men out there who want to get married, who desire to be with the right person and the right woman. And there he was. And I looked and I teared up because I knew how much he wanted it. And this glow that he had and that shake, you know, that shakiness you get when you're about to tear up in anticipation of her arriving. And then the doors opened and the music began and he just lost it. <laughs> it just was, I loved that because there's just something so moving about finding the right person. Do you know? You know what it's like. Yeah. Imagine. Yeah. Did yeah. you have that moment when you said yes to? Um, Remember? Well, so we're not married. We just moved in together. I remember the moment he asked me a week after dating if I wanted to move in when I was leaving. I remember uh, that now. Yes. Um, and I remember the moment. Because he knows. He knew. And There's I remember, something about knowing. Yeah. And, um, and I remember the night that he said, I mean, it wasn't that long ago. It was a couple of weeks ago where he's like, I've never loved anyone this much before. And me oh, too. Like, <laughs> like ditto. It's uh, yeah. It's it's a it's a wonderful feeling. And when I think about my embodiment of that, because I had walked down an aisle, I absolutely knew when I got divorced that if I wanted to be married again, I could, because I did it once. <laughs> Same thing with owning a coaching business. Yes. I did it once. Um, so it wasn't a box to check. But what it took me a while to know and really embody was what values do I want to be honored and represented in my person? And I need to know what those are for myself. And so my value of freedom and flexibility and creativity, uh, humility, like there's some, there's some components that have to be in a man to honor those. And uh, I think it, before I'd even kissed Dan, he had said, He'd never been on the dating apps. And he said, I don't play with people's emotions. I don't, that's, and like, said that now, you know, and he's, he's I love before, so he's, you know, he didn't, he didn't jump in that bandwagon being a single man who's never been married or lived mm. with a woman before and said, all right, like, let's do this. Mostly because he's an, and I, he's a systems guy and he doesn't do the whole, you can trace me on Facebook. But also he was just, my mind was, okay, we'll see. <laughs> Because I put on so right, you know, that was where my mind went. That was my limiting belief of okay, we'll see. But he's every time he said something, his actions matched that. You know, the man was he asked me about going on this Tahoe vacation. This was in February before COVID hit. Um, and I I said yes. It's like good because I already bought your ticket. You know, he was just like this is surprise. He didn't actually buy the ticket, but he said he did. That was like maybe one of his little embellishments. Um, which was that he was already, you know, I think he had them in the queue, like they're ready to go. So <laughs> I like that. Well, just to make sure you were going to say yes. Right, exactly. Um, I have to say, I really enjoy your company and I would love to interview you. I don't have a podcast, but for you, I would. I was seriously, because you have so much joy and I, I know you've been through a lot, but there's something about emerging at the other side of that and to have this joy and laughter that comes so easily i'm inspired by you i oh, want wow. to interview you because i'm there's I'm so much more to the story 
I want to know more about it. Thank you. I want to talk to you That's for true. days. And I love right before this, you're like, how long are we going to talk? I'm like, it'll be a while. <laughs> I have so many questions. Like, I'm not a talker. Just give me 30 minutes. I'm done. I have that effect on the introverts because I'm one of you guys. Um, I could talk forever, but I am on my podcasting like place. So I'm headed to my next podcast today. Um, but before we go, I have my three questions I always ask. Uh, my first one is, what is your superpower? Oh my gosh, to inspire and encourage people. I, I love that. That is, that is my thing. I know, because I feel- Maybe it's Pollyanna, but I love that. Right now, you absolutely, that is your superpower. What is your purpose? That. My purpose is to, hmm, to show, what's people, to show people what's possible for them mm-hmm. and what they desire. That resonates with me too. So as you stand here in your superpower um, and you think about your purpose, what's next? Hmm. Creating personalized audio. Yes. Mm-hmm. Using hypnotherapy, brain rhythm treatment, NLP, affirmations, all the good stuff, all the tools and resources. Yes, I love that. And hopefully what's next is us co-hosting a workshop together so we can introduce Look more women to, to the work that. you're doing. Yes. Uh, I'm a hopeless romantic too. Uh, clearly the pink fuzzy <laughs> is my representation of that. Um, so I loved having you on. It was great to connect with you. We're going to connect again. Um, I'd be happy to do any interviewing that you want. It sounds so fun. <laughs> Thank you. I just adore you. You're so great. So thank you so much. I've really been looking forward to this and it's been great fun. So I'm thank looking you. forward to the next time. I mean, when next time I'm in Chicago, I'm headed, I'm headed yes, your way to the Burbs. It's literally on the way. To you, have a, you have a place to stay. <laughs> Let me know when. That's a guest room waiting for you. Same. I have a guest room here as well. Uh, and thank a digital command center downstairs. So if you need to set up computers. <laughs> so well, we can travel okay. again. And I'll let you get to... <laughs> I look forward to that. Yes, thank you. Where so you much. located, really quickly? Jersey City. Okay, got it. All right. Look forward to it. Yeah, me 